Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. From KQED. You're listening to Forum. I'm Rachel Myro in for Mina Kim. On Monday, Governor Gavin Newsom ordered cities, water districts, and other agencies to roll out more aggressive water conservation rules. That was some nice rain we just saw, but this winter rainy season didn't deliver as much rain as we need to pull out of this drought. But the state's urban residents have fallen far short of a goal set to voluntarily reduce their water usage. San Jose Mercury News natural resources and environment reporter Paul Rogers joins us now to tell us more about Newsom's order and the new normal in water politics. Uh, Paul, always a pleasure to talk with you. Good morning, Rachel. So, so give us the score. How is March finishing up? Did these latest rains make any impact at all? Um, unfortunately, and I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but unfortunately, if this uh, was a game, the score would be a blowout in favor of the drought. Um, basically, the last two years, uh, the previous two years, were the two driest in California since 1976-77, uh, and now we're heading into a third year of drought. Um, you know, as folks may remember, we got a pretty hopeful sign in October and then again in December with several big atmospheric river storms that brought a lot of snow. Uh, it rained a lot. But then uh, the rain and the snow just absolutely stopped. I mean, January, February, and March of this year have been the driest January, February, and March in Northern California's most important watersheds in 100 years, since 1921, when modern records first began. Um, and you know, a, a number that kind of puts it in context for me is that the Sierra snowpack on New Year's Day, and by the way, the Sierra snowpack provides about 30% of the state's water. Uh, the Sierra snowpack was 168% of normal on New Year's Day. Uh, today, right now, it's just 39% of normal. Uh, our reservoirs uh, are low. They're not going to be filled up by this winter uh, after two years. So Shasta, the largest one in the state, is just 38% full. Uh, Oroville, the second largest, is 47% full. San Luis, down uh, east of Gilroy, 45% full. So long story short, the winter is basically over. We didn't get enough rain to end the drought. And it's quite likely now that we're not going to get any significant rain or snow for the next seven or eight months until next October or November. Boy, you weren't kidding, Paul. This is really depressing. Um, Newsom's executive order focuses on the 420 largest water providers in California. Specifically, what is he demanding of them, or is it is it more accurate to say he's asking pretty please? Um, it's a little of both. Uh, you alluded 
to this earlier, uh, you know, basically um, he stepped up the game a little bit. Uh, he asked for voluntary uh, statewide water reductions of 15% for all urban residents compared to 2020 levels. Uh, he did that last July. But since then, the state's urban residents have fallen far short. They've only delivered about 6%. Um, and the trend is heading in the wrong direction. Because of the dry weather I mentioned, um, water use is actually going up in a lot of places. Like in, in January, the most recent data that we have, uh, statewide water use was up 2%, even though Newsom wanted it down 15%. And we're seeing a big discrepancy between Northern and Southern California. Um, Northern California, over that six month period, cut water use 11%, uh, Southern California only 5%. So a lot of water experts and environmentalists are saying, hey, you need to do what Governor Jerry Brown did back in 2015 in the last drought and issue a statewide target. Brown issued a 25% mandatory target and he said there would be fines for cities and water districts that didn't reach the target. Now he set different targets based on per capita water use. So a place like San Francisco, which doesn't have a lot of lawns and is mostly apartments and uses less water per capita, wouldn't have to cut as much as a place like the suburbs of Sacramento where there's a lot more lawns. Uh, but the problem is Politically, that's unpopular, even though it worked for Jerry Brown, he hit the target. It's unpopular because a lot of water agencies lose a lot of money when people conserve water. They don't sell as much product, so they have to raise rates and then everybody grumbles. So they have to put in place a drought surcharge like San Francisco just did, um, and, and which is going to kick in on April 1st. So Newsom tried to kind of have it both ways. He said, we're going to have water restrictions, but we're going to leave it up to the locals to decide what they want to do. Sort of like what he did with COVID at the beginning, the sort of county by county uh, thing. And so essentially every water agency has to have a drought plan uh, under state law. It has six levels of severity. Six is the most severe level. So Newsom said, everybody's got to go to at least level two. Um, about 59% uh, of the water agencies in the state right now are not at level two or above. Some of them are. So in some places, it won't mean any change. In other places, it will mean limits on how many days a week you can water your lawn or higher water rates, uh, things like that. Well, you know, as you point out, uh, not everybody's lawn situation is the same. And I, I guess I just wonder, like, what is going to happen with the folks who uh, are flouting a lot of this drought talk? I'm particularly thinking of people who are wealthy enough to have a lot of grounds around their homes, you know, people in Los Gatos here in the Bay Area or Beverly Hills in Southern California. What, what's going to pressure them to let the grass uh, go yellow? It's a really good question. And, um, you know, a lot of folks say, I can't cut anymore. I've already cut all that I can. And I'm using less water than I was, you know, five or 10 years ago. Um, if you have a lawn of any kind, basically, residential irrigation accounts for 50% of water use in California in the summer uh, among residential use. So if you want to cut water use more, if you reduce your watering from three days a week to two or from two to one, you can do the math pretty, pretty quickly. That's the easiest way to get significant savings. Um, now, uh, the big question there that you just touched on is enforcement. Enforcement varies widely. And when you leave it up to the locals, 
uh, some water agencies will start hiring, uh, you know, water enforcement people, what we call water cops to drive around. And they, they, if they see you watering on the wrong day or watering in the wrong hours, they'll put a door hanger on your door. And if, if they still see it later, they might send you a letter and then they might start fining you. Um, but it's really up to each area uh, what kind of enforcement they want to have. Some cities will set up 800 numbers like we did in the last drought where people can call in and say, hey, you know, this, this neighbor or this store is watering so much it's running into the street. And then again, the water agency will reach out. Um, some areas, a few, not many, but some places like East Bay Mud actually start publishing the names of the biggest water wasters uh, by name and address in their service area. A lot of water agencies are kind of a chicken to do that. They don't they don't like the controversy that comes with it. But when it happened in the last drought in the East Bay, uh, a number of people, including executives at Chevron, uh, several members of the San Francisco Giants and others, didn't like their names going uh, on radio, television, in the front pages of newspapers and quickly reduced their use. So water shaming, is that a strategy we can use in, in the Central Valley? And I'm, you know, I'm not talking about, you know, the little lettuce farmer, you know, near Fresno. I'm, I'm talking about hedge funds growing almonds for export. Mm-hmm. That's a, it's a, a good question. It's an issue that comes up all the time. Um, agriculture in California uses about 80 percent of what we call the developed water, 80 percent of the water that goes to people. Uh, is used by agriculture. Now, there's a lot of water that doesn't go to people that flows down rivers that aren't dammed or flows through rivers, you know, in Big Sur or places like that. Um, But in terms of water that people use, ag uses 80%. So um, people might say, well, this order doesn't, Newsom's order doesn't do anything to agriculture. That's true. Um, Agriculture already is being hit really hard uh, in this drought. The State Water Project and the Central Valley Project uh, are last year and again this year are reducing their deliveries to farmers to uh, very low levels. Uh, in many cases, farmers with junior water rights are getting virtually nothing. Uh, so they're going to be following uh, tens or hundreds of thousands of acres of fields uh, this year. In some places, they will drill deeper wells um, and they will pay you know, hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars to go deeper if they can afford it. There is a statewide law that Jerry Brown signed that also orders uh, groundwater uh, pumping to start to come into balance, but it gives these uh, places like 20 years to do that. Um, Environmentalists have complained that uh, there are uh, ag districts that have senior water rights that are still getting too much water. And that's uh, sort of the perpetual squabble that we have in California between farms, cities, and the environment on water. We're talking with Paul Rogers of the San Jose Mercury News about the drought in California and Governor Newsom's new water conservation rules. What's your reaction to Newsom's uh, latest uh, suggestions about cutting water usage? What practices uh, do you engage in to conserve water? What would you recommend to the governor if you <laughs> if he called you on the phone? Call us at 866-733-6786. And now that you have your pens and phones at the ready, 866-733-6786. You can get in touch with us on Twitter and Facebook. We're at KQED Forum or email your questions to forum at kqed.org. Brett tweets, instead of focusing on percent of reservoir fill, can we discuss how much water we need? Do we have enough water for our needs? And if not, by how much? I I guess that's sort of a moving target. It depends on what we decide our needs are. If our needs are to water the grass every day, uh, then we probably don't. 
Um, but that's just kind of a moving target, right? I mean, I think there is increasing political pressure as we see during most droughts for the state to do more on water storage. Um, you know, California has not built a major new state funded reservoir uh, in about 40 years. Um, part of that is because a lot of the best sites are already taken. Part of it is that, uh, you know, under Prop 13, it's difficult to raise people's taxes uh, to, to fund these things. Uh, part of it is environmental laws like the Endangered Species Act and the Clean Water Act, which weren't, weren't around when many of the big dams were built generations ago, uh, slow them down. But I think there is more pressure on that. Uh, there are a few big um, projects which are pending and which are moving along. Um, I'll mention two of them. Los Vaqueros Reservoir in uh, Contra Costa County, which is an existing reservoir that was funded by the Contra Costa County citizens. Uh, there's a billion dollar plan that's moving forward to expand that reservoir. Uh, that'll have some state money in it, and, and I expect that project to be to be built. And then the big one is called Sites Reservoir, S-I-T-E-S, -E which is up in Calusa County. That's a giant uh, reservoir which uh, just got a $2 billion uh, loan uh, guarantee, basically, from the Biden administration. The total project is going to be 4 or $5 billion. Environmentalists oppose that. Um, it does have a lot of supporters uh, among Democrats and Republicans. Um, in politics, including Feinstein and Alex Padilla. Uh, it would be an off-stream reservoir that would take water in wet years from the Sacramento River and have it for dry years. You're listening to Forum. I'm Rachel Myro in for Mina Kim. Let's go to the phones now and talk to Ray in Santa Barbara. Hi. Um, I just wanted to point out that uh, you should mention that it, that we live in a, a coastal uh, desert, basically. It looks lush most time of the year, but um, we're going to have a drought every few years and, and maybe more now with climate change. So I just think we should prepare for that. And I, I, I think the, um, the guest you have made a good point. There should be more storage, um, uh, above ground storage, because the water that comes down with the rain goes to the ocean here in Santa Barbara, unless it falls up in the mountains, you know, and, and, and we're, we're desperately low here. Yeah, but we also use desalinated water. Uh, I think 10% of our water here, our tap water, it, it comes from our, our desalination plant. But that's very expensive. And they have that in Carlsbad, too, down in San Diego County. But uh, I don't know that that's a complete solution. So Thank you. I, I Thank you for that mentioning that, right? I mean, Paul, it, it, desalination is often raised uh, as a solution, and, and it is for some communities, but it is, as Ray points out, very, very expensive. Yeah, it's always kind of um, seen, I think, as the last resort. Um, you know, California will never run out of water. Uh, California is adjacent to the world's largest water source, the Pacific Ocean. And uh, if we had to, if we had a drought that lasted 20 years or more, uh, which those droughts do exist in the historical record going back a thousand years, uh, we would build emergency desal plants along the coast. We're not going to run out of water for hospitals and firefighting and um, running sewer systems and things like that. We can do it. Um, <clears throat> and as he mentioned, Santa Barbara County uh, redid their desal plant. I've actually toured it a few years ago. Uh, they had started to build a desal plant 
1987 and 92 drought. And just as they were getting it finished, uh, it started pouring and they shut it off because the water was too expensive to produce when there was other sources in, in reservoirs. But then during the last drought, 2012 to 2016, when they were running very short, uh, they retrofitted it, they started it back up again, and it's, it's helping them in this drought. Same thing with San Diego. San Diego built a billion dollar desal plant in about 2015, and that's now providing 10% of their water. Uh, there's another uh, desal plant planned in Huntington Beach. It's going to come up for a final vote before the Coastal Commission in a couple of months. That's uh, being proposed by the same company, uh, Poseidon, that built the one in San Diego. So, you know, the water there is something like $2,000, $2,200 an acre foot. An acre foot's enough water for a family of five for a year. Uh, so it's expensive water. Uh, water from the Delta costs something like $400 for a lot of areas. But if there isn't any water from the Delta, you know, uh, you pay, some communities are willing to pay very high prices. Um, conservation is cheaper, you know, paying people to re remove their lawns. You can get an acre foot for two, three, four hundred dollars that way. But, you know, eventually there's only so much conservation you can wring out of the system. You know, Ray also mentioned water storage, and that's something that's on the mind of Caller Michael from e from the East Bay. Uh, yes. Hello. Uh, thanks for letting me uh on your show. Yeah, I think the storage issue is one that doesn't get enough attention. We really need to have a more, and I, I'm glad you addressed it earlier, uh, more effort to try to store water when we have these wet years so that we have it in the dry years. And uh, I'd like to see a lot more attention by governments on the whole storage issue. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. Uh, you know, I should throw in a few comments we've got here, too. Megan tweets, our landlord in the Sacramento area insists we keep watering our enormous lawn at our expense. It's ridiculous, but unfortunately written into our lease. The fixation on lawns needs to end. Uh, you know, Paul, it, it, it just seems like not everybody in California is on the same page, and that is uh, not helping us respond to the need to conserve right now. Well, that's partly why Jerry Brown's uh, rules worked. I mean, <clears throat> when he said he was going to fine cities hundreds of thousands of dollars if they didn't hit his target back in 2015, suddenly they found the money to have water cops and to issue fines and to and to get people like that landlord to to pay attention to the emergency that we're in. Um, just one quick point on the, the previous caller's um, issue, which I thought was a good one. Um, Climate change is already changing the way that we have winter precipitation, and all the models show that this is going to continue. We're going to have much more whiplash, uh, so we'll have drier, more severe droughts because it's hotter, uh, which obviously means worse wildfires in the summer. But when it does rain, uh, oftentimes we're going to have wetter winters uh, because warmer conditions cause more water to evaporate into these big atmospheric river storms. We saw that in 2017. So the argument that we need more storage above ground and underground to catch water <clears throat> in the wet years is a really good one. And I think it's it's an evolving uh, it's an evolving issue the same way that we've evolved on thinning forests with wildfires. Um Paul Rogers, natural resources and environment reporter for the San Jose Mercury News. It is Ah, sobering news that you're sharing with us today. But as always, it, it's a pleasure to have you on to break it down for us. Thank, thank you for being here today. Thanks so much. We'll get through it. Water your grass a little bit less. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Water your grass a little bit 
Les, keep the conversation going uh, at kqed.org slash forum because goodness knows this drought isn't over and won't be for a long time. Thank you for listening to Forum with me, Rachel Myro. Funds for the production of Forum are provided by the members of KQED Public Radio, the Germanicos Foundation, the Generosity Foundation, and the Heising Simons Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.